Welcome to the deep dive. How are you, me old mate Mick? We're over halfway there. We're nearly there. We're at half time and uh, time to kick it, kick it up again, mate. I'm doing well. How are you doing over there in your hub? Oh, my, my hub. I left my hub briefly today to do a little bit of work, which was very strange to leave the hub. I was like, which ring do I put my, which finger do I put my ring on and where's my car keys and how do you drive a car again? But uh, again, yeah. it was, it was strange. Actually, it actually felt weird driving. I actually had not, I'd barely driven for some time. So it was very strange experience, but um, stayed home, hammered a lot of football as usual. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was what it was. Um, I'm looking forward to giving you the other side. Hopefully we can. Um, yeah, what about you? Yeah, all, all good here, just um, heading in front of the screen, yeah, watching a fair <laughs> bit of footy this weekend, as well as, uh, well, studying, keeping the brain active now that, um, that the, the doors are shut for the time being with my job, so yeah, keeping well, getting out, staying active, very lucky that I've got nature on my back doorstep and going for a run. Yeah, exactly. uh, other than that, yeah, football. Oh, and the NBA playoffs. Watching a bit, watching a bit of the playoffs too. Let's discuss that uh, after we finish because I've got a bunch of things I want to talk about. Or we might, we could do a bit of a bonus thing at the end. Um, massive thanks to our sponsors at Hopster Home, Hopster Home Craft Beer Delivery Service. Please check them out. Um, great sponsors of ours, hopsterhome.com.au. Uh, you can use the promo code AFL Deep Dive to get $25 off your first pack. Um, great selection of beers. So basically, based out of Melbourne, a um, couple of young guys started this company. Great idea. Um, basically, collecting craft beer all in can format um, from across Australia, and they put them in packs of ten and twenty, and then send them out to your door. So, uh, got a couple of porters and stouts in this most recent box. So pretty cool. Heading into winter. Um, yeah, check it out. They're really, really interesting. Oh, there's, there was. Over half of the beers I'd never heard of. So it was a, and we drink a lot of different craft beers. So it was a fantastic um, box and a great way to, to see some new beers and to, you know, um, get into some new styles of beer for sure. Uh, Hopstone.com.au. Um, check out Beyond the Game TV as well. Uh, old mate Ed, he's uh, banging away. I've spoken bits and pieces with Boar Ed. Um, so he's our producer. We do a lot of stuff with Beyond the Game TV uh, at the moment, obviously, with. Um, COVID, he's um, you know doing what he can with the the sports side of things, but um, yeah, obviously with, with not a lot of sport being played, it makes it pretty difficult. But um, yeah, he's definitely trucking away, and he's got some pretty interesting content as well for anyone out there that's interested in um, you know filming sport and learning about sports production. Uh, he's got some very interesting things to say, so definitely check out Beyond the Game TV on YouTube, Facebook, all the various platforms. Rate and review as well if you can. That'd be great. It helps get the dive out there further. Um, a lot of the sub, you know, third-party uh, podcast applications are based on iTunes analytics. So even though I definitely don't recommend the Apple uh, podcast app, in fact, it's probably one of the worst ones you can use. But if you can pop in there for two seconds, most of you got it on your iPhones anyway. Um, pop in there and because uh, you can't technically delete it off your phone, go in there, give us a, a rating. That would be great because um, it does help us um, get the podcast out there. And yeah, let's. Uh... And can, I was going to say, and continue to uh, throw us your feedback and any questions you've got throughout the season. Let yeah. us know if there's anything specifically you'd like us to talk about. We'd definitely take that on board. Obviously, you are our listeners, so we want to be giving you the information that you want to hear. Yeah, exactly. AFLDeepDive at gmail.com and all the social medias. Uh, what do you reckon? Should we head into round 13, the lucky 13? 
Lucky 13. Oh, yeah. So we started uh-huh. on Friday night, Gold Coast and the Blues. Um, I don't know. So I tipped nine this round. I think you tipped eight or seven. Uh, yeah, today this that was the only game I missed in the end yeah, with, so uh, with the Gold Coast. Yeah. So the round did pretty much, I think, go to plan. Uh, we said there's no way Gold Coast will win this game off such a short break. They looked so tired in the last game. There's no way they were coming in and winning this one. But very um, slow start. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like horrible accuracy from Carlton in the first half as well. They really took a long time to get going. Um, not a lot to take away out of this game. Like I, it was a bit of a, a fizzer. It was a shame that this was the first time the Gold Coast got that Friday night game because it was bad. Um, yeah, it was. And I mean, like you said, Carlton were pretty inaccurate in that first uh, half, and then obviously the coast continued to tire and tire. And the end, final larger was pretty, um, pretty nice for them. They were just hanging in there in that first half because Carlton. Uh, consolidate yeah. their dominance on the scoreboard. Uh, yeah, it is a shame because it would have been nice to see uh, this game where both teams were a little bit fresher as well. Maybe three weeks ago would have been really, really good. So it's disappointing now, but obviously this season's the craziest thing in the world for all of us, especially the, the AFL trying to get the rounds in and, and adjust accordingly based on where the team's performance are at. So it was good that these two teams got to play on a Friday night, but it would have been better had, as you said, the West, uh, the Gold Coast Suns been uh, in a better shape, um, probably physically, to put on a better spectacle. Yeah, I mean, it's not the same drop-off that we've seen from the Gold Coast in the last few years. It was, um, yeah, I mean, look, obviously they're, they're exhausted. They've gone through a bit this year, pretty young side. Uh, they're clearly, uh, we, we've said this for a month and a half, even two months ago when people were like, you know, could the Gold Coast make finals? We were like, no, 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 no. Next year, maybe, probably the following one after that, 2022, but I think 21's a possibility, but there's no way it was going to happen this year. So, yeah, look, it was a um, bit bit of a shame because it would have been a much broader audience for that team that had seen, because I know a lot of, like, footy fanatics and, um, you know, AFL Twitter and all that sort of stuff's kind of gotten on to the Gold Coast. And that's been great, but that's not really a reflection of the general public. So general public, a lot of people will switch on on a Friday night. So that was a bit of a shame for that. Um, But yeah, look, you know, the stars like Rankin didn't really show it really. Like obviously um, no Raoul, but, you know, Rankin wasn't there um, at all really. He was pretty poor. Um, Lacocious was okay, but it was all pretty okay. Really? Yeah, Brett, I mean, their senior play- not a lot of their senior players stood up either, except for, in my eyes, uh, Greenwood. I thought Greenwood was really good throughout the game, but Brandon Ellis couldn't get involved. Um, none of these are senior uh, mids. He was good in the ruck, but it's not sure he's a billion times taller than everyone. Yeah. Um, but he didn't really influence the game. Swallow, he's serviceable, uh, as always. Um yeah, it's a long season, even though it's a shortened season for these young guys, and that's what we've been saying. It's just, it's going to tilt her at some point. I mean, we've seen it with Carlton for the last couple of years with their young team, that they play really well for the first half, and then a taper off Brisbane before they became the, the juggernaut that they are now. <clears throat> last, Not last year, the year before that, the year before that. Uh, again, uh, you could see that they were developing, but they're just tired of it. 
the, the Ks and, and the weights and everything that are just not in the league. It's not enough pre-season, but we'll see that. Next year and the year after, should they uh, be able to keep the team um, pretty much as is for the next couple of seasons? It would be good to see that team evolve and, and really see what they're like. And the majority of that list is sort of... 23 to 25, and you've got a big chunk of players with 50, 100, 150 games experience. Yeah, well, it's like we said, you know, consistently through this year. I mean, 20, you know, was it the 2018 um, Brisbane Lions where they were so close, so close? We've compared that to, to the Suns, um, and, you know, they did fall away massively towards the end. Um, if one if one remembers, so yeah, this is this is you know, and this is towards the end of the season. It's been a lot of short breaks. This is the equivalent around you know nineteen twenty. So yeah, this is going to happen. But the Blues bit disappointing. Obviously, like you know, they're a very long. They have to win every game from here to win win um, a spot in the eight, um, which is obviously going to be very very difficult. Uh, if they play like that and 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 have I've look. Put it this way, I've been very impressed with the Blues this year. I think they've made some really good steps, clearly steps in the right direction. I think the coaching's been a lot better, game plan a lot better, ability to switch from defense to offense significantly better. Like, we can go on and on and on. And we have fouls in, in, through this year. I've been very, we have, I think, been pretty positive about the Blues. But yep. a little bit disappointing to see on a Friday night as well, them much to take a long, long time to really get this going. They had it. A team that was on its knees, very very exhausted, very young. You know, in the end, sixty-seven to uh, sorry, twenty-seven to sixty. This should have been twenty-seven to a hundred or twenty-seven to ninety-five or something. Quite this, uh, not really a lot of excuse to not be further ahead. McKay as well, two goals for um, could really have had a night out. Um, you know, Eddie Betts could get into the game. Levi Casbolt, he's older. That he's a really good mark. Yeah. Yeah, bets I give a little bit of an excuse, a bit older as well, back into the year. But I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. He should probably have gotten further into it. But yeah, so um, Nunes as well, nothing really. I mean, I know he had a great um, game recently. I'm looking on nothing. He was okay, but probably yeah. need the midfielders back to hit the scoreboard. Backline was excellent though for the Blues. I, yep. I thought I think that back six is fantastic. The most underrated backline in the game. I reckon Carlton yep. really, really good, and I think Weedering deserves to be All Australian. I think he deserves to be there. Oh, he's he's already in the forty list. Uh, he's, he has to be, score. surely he have to be. Yeah, um, and yeah, him and him and at the moment Andrews from Brisbane. Yeah. should almost be locked for the two key centre half back and uh, full back positions. So they have been standouts. So just don't let any of their opponents kick big bags on them. Backline's going to be very interesting for the All-Australian, just to talk about that for two seconds. But forward line's yeah. a little bit clearer. Um, obviously, Tom Hawkins, you think, will make it again. Um, uh, old mate um, Baker, St Kilda, ex-Richmond, you'd think he's got to get in. A few of these guys, like I think the forward line's a bit clearer. Midfield, you know, obviously, I, I don't think that's too crazy to predict. But the back line's going to be very interesting. But I think of the players that surely have to make it would be Andrews and Wittering, I reckon. And there's a few others, but, yeah, they're the ones I think you'd be watching. I agree. But, yeah, not much to talk out of this game, really. Um, not a game of huge consequence. Obviously, the Blues had to win. Um, it was a shame it wasn't closer. It was a shame from both sides to kind of semi-disgrace themselves a little bit on Friday night. But, I don't know. Like yeah. it's, yeah. I mean, I mean I'm, 
for those who didn't see this game or, or haven't a miss, it was in Darwin. It was about 28 or 29 degrees while they yeah. were playing. And then while it is technically dry season up there, you, if you've never been there, the dry season is about 50% humidity. Um, so that's basically super humid for everywhere else in Australia. And it did get very dewy, I think, within a couple of minutes of the opening bounce. So pretty tough conditions. And, yeah. Uh, when that's, we get to the other game, the Dreamtime game, we'll talk about the players coming off and they're just straight into the fridge. It's, <laughs> this is just a bizarre thing to watch. Yeah, and I yeah I get that. Like the conditions obviously weren't weren't great, but yeah, they knew that's where it was going to be. You know, it's still professional AFL, but I know, I know what you mean. It's very, hard. very hard to get used to when you're not there for more than a day. That's true. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. you know, where you can yeah. turn turn the air conditioner in their hotel hub, uh, make it extract the humidity out of the room. Yeah, they should have got some of those. Massive um, warehouse exhaust type um, <laughs> fans just to blow up the ground. No, no, I know. Very I, noisy. I, I'm, I'm yeah, being yeah. facetious. I know what you mean. It so, would have been. It would have been hard. But anyway, it's still they're, they're two young sides. So I thought it would have been better than that. But anyway, I would. Yeah, same, same. I would have thought at least the score line would have been a little bit higher because that that surface um, looked like a bowl. Uh, looked like a putting green at St Andrews. It looked good. Um, dogs D's. We both tipped this. We both tipped the dogs would win by four to five goals, almost exactly as what we said. Eighty to fifty-two. Dogs by twenty-eight points. Good game. I really enjoyed watching this game. Obviously, we'll get to the the disappointing side of it. But um, yes. Wow. Uh, well, we'll start with the dogs. Mitch Wallace. Uh, yeah, dogs. Mitch Wallace. Wallace I mean, wowee. Talk about all Australians. He's he's got to be there with Hawkins, I reckon. He's been really good. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, Bontepelli was amazing again. Caleb Daniel, he's got to be in the All-Australian too, speaking of All-Australian. But um, yeah. I think Dogs, they clearly dealt with the conditions a lot better. Speaking of conditions before, um, reverse conditions in this one was um, very windy uh, on the yeah. Gold Coast. So this was uh, a very strange game. Um, but, yeah, that, I think the Dogs dealt with it clearly a lot better. Some of the set shots from, from Melbourne were uh, appalling. Um, yeah, so, I mean, like... I, all, all the usual suspects um, from the dogs got it done. We, this went exactly to plan. I think the, I think the dogs are a better side. That's why I tip the dogs. I think the dogs are a better side, and if both teams play at their best, I think that at the moment I kind of think the dogs are going to beat them. Um, yeah, absolutely. And to to win pretty convincingly without any scoreboard influence from the key forwards. Yeah, I mean, there was a couple of small forwards in the midfield that got the job done. It just oh. really shows how versatile that. The dogs are, and while I still don't think they can go super deep um, with the run to the finals, I think they're going to be hard to beat when um, teams when they play these teams. And a hundred percent. And to add to that, like you know, the reality is, I agree. Like they still scored eighty points, and none of their major forwards mm-hmm. contributed. But then, like you look at it, and you're like, the only the only negative thing I want to say about the dogs, I think they did really well. Great game plan. Um, I liked the English Josh Bruce swap that uh, Bevo did mid-game. So it wasn't working. Neither position was working. Bruce in the ruck, English up forward. I liked a lot of the switches that he did. And it's funny, like, you know, Bevo's done some of these crazy switches recently where it's like, you know, Nick Rewalt in the back line or, you know, Matthew Richardson in the ruck, like, you know, just weirdo type stuff, you know, you know, let's let's put Robert Harvey back. Like it's just there's been a lot of very like what's going on. Like is is he drunk? But then now 
because he's well, we said this about a month ago. We said because he's done that so much, as crazy as he seemed, I think he's actually got good group of players now that can perform multiple tasks to the point that if different things happen, he can make in-game switches that actually work. And it's one of the hardest things you can do in football. So now, if they're playing Geelong in a qualifying final, I'm not saying they'll beat them, but they'll give it a crack. Because now, all of a sudden, okay, well, what if, what if, you know, what if Stanley has a night out and he's just completely murdering English? They've got other options. They can do other things. They can mix it up. They can mix it up. They can introduce other people. It can change things around. And if you change things, it makes it hard because all of a sudden it's like, what Which do we do? Been- New opponent. It, it, and, uh, and that it, it was. It he's was been criticised in the past for not oh, doing enough as well. So 100%. really good. Which is really good to see. And if you're a doggy supporter, you'd be like, finally, he's got the the mix right of. Okay, calculate the change. Let's get but, someone like Bruce who yeah, yeah. can go missing. Like it's probably his biggest down, downside. I, so he goes missing for too long. So to get him into the rock, get his hands on the ball is a great yeah, idea. A hundred percent. And I agree. And the only thing is beverage. It became like Ryan Johnson with Star Wars with the 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 um, Last Jedi. Did he twist it? Like in terms of changing things with 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 the formula. Did he twist it too weird? Because that was the thing. It was like, oh, well, everybody's a Jedi. And like all this stuff can happen. It's like, let's just draw it back a bit. And But that's what it felt like Bevo was doing for a bit there. It was like, is he twisting this too strange? Because it was there were moments where it was like, you are wasting McRae doing what you want him to do. You are putting English in a ridiculous position. Do you know what I mean? Like We, we said this. We, there were games where we were like, is he drunk? But then now, I think he might have actually cottoned on to something. He's figured he, he may have discovered something that that we thought he was mad. But that said, that's the only thing. Only thing I was going to leave from there is that yes, they got to eighty points without those key guys scoring and all that stuff. But the only thing is, in a final, I'm not sure you want to become. Too, and with all due respect to Mitch Wallace, I'm not sure you want to become too reliant on Mitch Wallace in a final because if you come up against Geelong. That that as I'm just throwing them out there. As we can do it with other teams if you want. But that that defensive side is so good that that I I, I would worry if that's what it's going to look like. It'll work against the D's because guess what? We're going to talk about it in a minute. The D's are garbage, and we'll get to that in a second. But putting that aside, that it'll work against the mid tier teams, and that's exactly what Melbourne are. But I don't think yeah so in terms of finals i 100 percent agree with you in terms of like that further growth um you know winning a couple of finals and getting deep again i agree i'm worried a bit about that but josh bruce i still worry about yeah i I, they need norton to perform in a final they need norton to kick four or five they need something they need power again again which that concerns me because if bruce look this is the thing if you got one or two Goals from him week in, week out, and Norton only has to kick three or four. And then you've got Mitch Wallace that can pitch in, um, and, and, and Bynes and McRae and any of those mids. Then all of a sudden, you're, da- you're dangerous, you're damaging. But yeah. again, oh, I agree. Like Mitch Wallace, for the dogs to go deep, I think he needs to spend time in the midfield as well. Yeah. And Norton, as good as he is, to put a five, six goal per game sort of a pressure on him to, to for the dogs to beat these top tier teams too much 
He might do it once, but he's not doing it back to back just yet. He, he oh, he's got the capacity definitely uh, to do it, but he needs. I'm seeing it with all, all the uh, teams at the moment. If you've got yeah. two key forwards that are consistent, whether that they have a down game, which is two goals each, so they collectively kick four, or one has a blinder, or they both have a blinder, they just they just become so so much more um, versatile, so hard so much harder to man up and beat um, because coaches are thinking, well, we're going to have to stop both of them. That allows one of the small forwards or a mid-sized forward or a midfielder to to dominate, yeah. So, yeah, like loving how the dogs are going about their their business and Bevo having more than one avenue to to goal, but I I, I can't see it working deep and against the, the top five or six teams at the moment. Yeah. Just like you said. 100%. 100%. So that's the dogs, and I, I, yeah, we could keep talking. They're a fascinating team to discuss. But D's, and then we've got to keep moving, but D's, wow. Um, I mean, well, like, again, so many, like, yeah. fatal errors. Need, you go, you go. So do I need to polish up the Louisville slugger, mate? To bring the, do I need to bring the bat out again? Yeah, may as well. Take it to the ballpark. Yeah. I'm sick of batting oh. them, though. I've batted them enough. It's just, it never ends. It's the same, it's the same problems. So... Like, once again, their midfield group is so keen on getting the ball and being that hot shot player. And I find this, like, it's funny. I saw on, on I think, on the couch or something like that, like a major production talk about this. And I was like, this is what I've been saying for so long about Melbourne. Constantly, they did, like, a graph of it and they showed, like, you know, all the high-tech graphics and stuff. And it's like, that's what, I've, what we've been saying for so long around, you know, inst- the way they zone, and we'll have to do this with Ed when we get back into the studio because this would be interesting to do in terms of graphics and stuff, but even, like, just showing, like, a play or whatever. But, like, there's simple elements where the exits out of a zone, they're not covering because they all want the ball. They're all so focused on the centre point. They're all after making a play for what's already happened, not what's about to happen. And so often, teams like the Dogs, fast teams like Richmond, these guys, they'll exit out of that zone so simply. You know, it's not even about pressure. They're just not in the right positions all the time. They're constantly... So that's that's part of it. And then consistently, again, and we've said this all year, the defensive, like so much of the D's defense, constantly through the game, pushing... Too far forward, too far all the time, constantly pushing so far up the 50 that they'd leave over the back free all the time. And it's like, have you seen the dogs play? Like, who do you think you're playing? It's exactly what they want you to do all the time. Like, that's how they play. Uh, have you not seen them play? Like, it's so strange. It's like against, against a far side that loves over the back, that can zone out really quickly. Like... Like constantly, it's like leave it be like, oh, whoops, or like one of them be like, oh, damn, I, you know, it's just it, it is so. It must be horrendous to be a fan of Melbourne. It must be so bad. It must, especially, I, especially because wow. you can't travel up to the snowfields at the moment. Yeah, well, that's literally true. stuck at home. Literally, forced, almost forced to watch. Uh, yeah, very frustrating. I'm, it's I'm, the worst. I'm literally lost. Literally lost all the words for this team. They are, yeah, the most disappointing team for me this year. And like all right. this stuff, the Darren Burgess thing's done nothing, really. Let's be yeah. honest. It's done nothing. That was an expensive get. And whether they're tougher or fitter or whatever, 
tougher. It's tougher. No, I don't. No, I don't. I don't and think they, that. I'm just no, saying they were fit enough anyway. It's as you eloquently pointed out probably two months ago. It's got nothing to do with that. It's got to do with execution and game plan and deficiency with both. So this is not just a play issue. This is definitely a coaching issue, as you clearly just pointed out then, that they haven't even done the due diligence and research uh, of the opposition who loves when teams push up so that they can get that rebound and ball over to the back and get um, a run and open goal. Like it, it just plays into that uh, the dog's um, hands. And they've done it with, like, against other teams as well. Uh, they'll beat up on teams that are not right there, but anyone who's got a sniff or is a top-year team, Melbourne just looks second-rate. Uh, it's it, it's pretty disappointing considering, A, they've been to the draft and got high draft picks uh, five, six years ago and then were able to uh, top up with supposedly top-end talent. I'm not convinced with May or Lever since no. I've been at Melbourne. No, They're not at all. Tip. And to be fair, so a bit of an asterisk to what I was saying before, I was going to go into this, but I wanted to have this discussion first, is yes, Norton, these guys didn't score that much. But to be fair, and I know probably 50% of it, they, they probably weren't in the right positions or whatever, but a good chunk of it as well, they were dragging the D's defenders out it was clearly a coaching instruction and it worked because there's the teams that have beaten Melbourne this year have done this. And once again, the, the another team was able to, because we're only playing once, every team, once again, another team was able to do the exact same, exactly the same tactics and it worked. Mid-game, again, nothing, no changes, nothing, constantly, every single time. And once again, so Norton, these guys dragged the defenders out as in, like towards the fifty and the sixty meter mark, leave the back end open. Look at look at this. Look at the kind of players that are scoring. Look how tall they are. Wallace and the speed. Bontempelli, uh, Liberatore. Like this is the thing. They're not. It, it's it's not that hard. And that's and that's. I just can't believe it's still the same problems. And like it's just unforgivable the amount of times at a clearance the exit of the zone where they were structuring up was open. It was embarrassing. Like, there were multiple moments where I said to Erin, my wife, so watching the game, and I was like, they'll not only win this clearance, it's going to go over there. Like, you could literally look at it, like they were showing it like that, and I was like, that's where it's going to exit. And it's not, I'm obviously not some sort of, you know, you know, future uh, tarot reader guy. Like, it was just obvious. You get this, this space there, that's not going to work. Oliver's too concerned with something you shouldn't be concerned with or whatever. I'm not just singling out him, but it's just, it's unbelievable how irresponsible their structures are. They are so poorly coached. And I really, really think it, it, uh, if Ross Lyon's available, I don't want to, I don't want to write anybody off, but I, I, it's, you know, I, I, I it is getting to the point of embarrassing. Like, I, I'm sorry, but this is starting to get ridiculous. This is a much better side. That, that clearly, whether they're being told these instructions or not, if they are, they're not listening to them. Yeah, which means, again, if they're not listening to the coach, why have that person in that position in the first place? It's unreal. Uh, it just, yeah, it, it makes me crazy. Like, it, it just, that, that game was, was really good and really horrible to watch at the same time. Um, <laughs> it was really, really frustrating. Um, but, yeah, Very. look. Yeah, I, look, great. Well done to the dogs. They executed. It, they, they really well done executed the all the strategies to beat Melbourne they did they did them all really well 
They exploited all of their weaknesses, of which there are many, and it worked. Like it's not. Uh, they they were going to win that game. I'm not a. I'm not into gambling, but that was a game where I was like, if I was into gambling, like that is a game I'll be like, yeah, let's put a few hundred bucks on the dogs because yeah. like that the D's are so unreliable. And once again, it they fell into the exact same trap, and it's yeah, it's crazy. Well done, like, the, well done by the dogs. So they they were. Yeah. Like, I play the game the way they wanted to, to have it play and not let the opposition have a sniff at all. And this game was really important too. We spoke about this in messages through the weekend. This game was really important. They both teams shooting for the eight. I know the dogs are in the eight, but like to cement it more, you know, D's, you know, that position's up for grabs. I mean, Collingwood were, were poor, really. They were okay. They got over North, the second worst team in the league. Which they who pushed them for two and a half quarters, they they are that that and and the Giants were were garbage again garbage garbage yeah. and we'll get to that that was a like that's the thing they are it is it is incredible this amazing opportunity they've got a healthier percentage and they blew it again where are we um <laughs> let's Port Hawthorne good game sixty eight to fifty eight Port by this... ten points great game the fun. Bit of fun. Fun game. Fun game yeah. Open game. Back to basics game. I enjoyed this game. Hawthorne, a bit yeah. bit more back. It was good. I enjoyed it. Play Hanrahan. Play Cousins. Do it. Play the kids. It's great. It's, it's good fun. And it's fast. Like, the ball was pinging around. And yeah. Some goals are being kicked and some are being missed by both sides. Who cares? It was fun. There was a bit of, open. There was a bit of Bit of theatre right at the end there with uh, oh my Zach Butters. Oh, I love that. Like obviously my tank was at the, the, the end of uh, that, but it was so good to watch uh, and Ruckman know exactly what was happening and have the depth touch. Oh, that's, well, let's be honest, Ruckman aren't usually known for their depth touches. Um, just a little hand tap uh, to run onto an over guy. It's, it's one of the best pieces of play I've seen. Oh, and again, since uh, Port Adelaide last year with. Uh, out the back to, to Robbie Gray. Um, so, yeah, I thought of that too. Like, very exciting. And, and, and this Port Adelaide team, yeah, they've been struggling for a couple couple of rounds just to get their mo- But I mean, Connor Rosie's not there and he brings a lot to the table. Oh, they're missing Dersma. And uh, big, big mate Dixon, he, he was getting a bit angry. Um, Ripped his shirt off. Could have, they could have blown. They could have. Yeah, they could have blown up. He could have. I could have ripped Stratton's head off. Anything could have happened. But they didn't. They they remained calm and played out what they again. They deserved to. We know they are a better side. Um, facets of of the game and on paper and all that type of stuff. More experience, and whatnot. But it was good to see the Hawks, like any team that's not going to be playing finals or that's on a rebuild, call whatever you want. You just want endeavour um, and, and take the game on when you think you can, which yeah. is exciting. So this, the the Freo boys have done and they've been able to string some wins together. Sydney have uh, shown it this year and they've put some wins together that I guess a lot of people wouldn't have uh, thought was possible. And it's really like North Melbourne have started to show a little bit of fight as well. Adelaide's real. Uh, we'll get to Adelaide. Um, <laughs> they're pretty only much the only team that hasn't really shown any uh, whatsoever. But uh, yeah, it was, okay, it was a yeah. fun game. I, uh, when the game needed to be won, the, the, the big guys of the big names of Port Adelaide stood up uh, without being wanting any one particular player. Uh, I don't think there was a standout from either side, to be honest. Uh, they just collectively got a 
went about it, uh, won the hard ball in that last quarter and, and dominated uh, possession and kept it in their forward half, and that was the difference. Scrimshaw and Day, I, I thought were really good as well. I, it was good. It was good to see like these Hawks kids. I, I think they've got they've got a group. Um, with Hawthorne though, so I know we, we'll get to obviously we'll get to Port. Lots to discuss with Port, but with Hawthorne, are you concerned with some of the players that they've? So okay, I'll phrase it like this: Hawthorne, I think they thought they were further ahead in terms of some of the recruiting that they've done. So Chad, this is my opinion. So Chad Wingard, Patton, some of these guys. I'm not sure kids are going to line up with these guys they've brought in, and that'll happen at the same time. But that's that's kind of by the by. I'm not going to ask you that necessarily. More that like Patton, right? So Patton's in there, and he's very angry, and he he, he was very upset. At, at some of the directions of the ball, he looked physically not like overweight or anything like that. He looked he looks in shape, but he did look unfit in terms of his ability to lead at times. Are you concerned by so he he berated some of the Hawthorne midfielders like full on like losing his mind? Yeah, what, what, this wasn't really just I didn't see this discussed really in the last forty eight hours. What, what what did you think of this? Like as a Hawthorne fan, was this? Something that bothered you? Like, are, are you worried a bit about that? Um, oh, yeah, no, I never like. I never like seeing it. It was one of the things that I, I disliked most about uh, Richo um, in his playing career. Hundred yeah, um, percent. And I'm not obviously not comparing this to as far as ability or anything. I, I think you've got to be very mindful as a forward, especially. I mean, obviously, Patton's coming from a frustrated period of not playing for two years. And I mean, I was surprised that he was even picked for this game. To be, to be quite frank, I, I thought they would have given him another run in in a scratch match just to get his fitness and timing. Uh, we noticed like, yeah. there was his commentary around he was leading and, and falling under the ball a lot, and that, and that and over the ball it, too. I mean, yeah. So yeah, I don't like the berating. I think it's. I think he will. He will have been pulled up by Clarko or any of the forward coaches. So mate, look. Get frustrated, but don't don't point your blame at your teammates or anything like that. They're they're young, especially this this um, current crop. They, they they are young, and even the semi senior guys. But these guys haven't played football a lot together, so they're learning the systems, and, yeah. and that all come with time. I, I, I like if Patton can stay on board, and Mitch Lewis is playing some really good footy yeah, it's good. In, in the reserve. So if they can have a, a sort of a five, six years sort of plan for them being the, the two key forwards if they can stay fit and on the park, it, it's good. But I see what you I see where you're coming from. There, there might be a disconnect there for another year or two, especially with the likelihood a lot of senior players, I'm talking four plus, will be out of that side for retire, from retirement, um, which yeah. then will be unless they have a fantastic pre-season and, and first half of the year with no injuries oh. um, and, those, and, no, and that playing list can play regular football together. Um, it will be very hard uh, for that uh, synchronicity to come about. Yeah, um, yeah there's a little bit of concern. I, I'm, I'm happy with some of those recruits, uh, particularly Scrimshaw and Wingard. Wingard... I think they're still trying to figure out whether he's best in the midfield or the forward line. It's not, yeah, tough one because he can be a match winner. He just just hasn't found his niche in, the, in that in that team yet. But Scrimshaw, great pickup. Frost, 
I'm surprisingly happy with so far. I want to discuss I he, Frost. I know he can kick. I know he can kick the ball through the goals of the opposition uh, he... or on the full, but he's just. He ta- I love seeing someone just have the guts to take the game on. Just grab the ball and run. To his crack. credit, to I'd his credit, that. yeah, he was great. He was very impressive. I, I'll be honest, that was the best game I've seen him play. So um, I'd, I'd rather see, see that type of stuff than hold, take a mark, sit in the back pocket, wait for everyone to set up, and then kick it into a contest, and only for the ball to come back just as quick as it went out. Yeah. Two deficiencies, I think, that caused Hawthorne to lose the game. There's a few, but two things that I wrote so, so, down. <laughs> you got two. There was, no, 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 there was a few, but like just a two to focus on, right? So I yeah, think yeah. Hawthorne's entries were way too deep all the time. So like they, they, it was partially, I know, I know Patton got angry and all that stuff, but at the same time, they were too deep. There were, there were a lot of entries where I, I could feel for Patton and I was like, hmm. He's going to get criticised out of this game. But at the same time, I was like, mm, he's kind of right on a few of them. Like, there was a few where it was like, hey, go on. Like, hey, over the head. Like, what are you doing? I'm here, here. Like, there was a few where it was like, hey, back there, the bar scoring. It's like, what's happening? And it's like, I'm here, I'm here. And he would present. So there was a bit of that. And then also, they, they've got to get better. And this is, this is I, I mean, no, the Tawthorn, they'll probably recruit. Brad Crouch, and they'll probably get Dangerfield in the offseason. They'll, pro- they'll, they'll probably dominate somehow. But in the offseason, but their ability to um, lock out the corridor w- was a massive problem, like consistently through the game. Port loved the corridor. They loved speed. And, and it just, like, there were so many times where, like, Port would, like, pretend they were using the boundary and then switch. And then all of a sudden, Hawthorne had absolutely no idea what that was, was going on and they couldn't figure it out. It's too too fast and it was just, yeah. But... Which is fine. Younger, they are young now. They're back. This is the thing. Everyone always thinks of Hawthorne as this kind of like mature, like side because they've been up there for so long now. But you got to think of them now as this younger side that's up up the curve again. Not, you know, at least they're not at the bottom end of the curve. And at least you know you're not wanting to throw a brick through the TV like Melbourne. So it's yeah, it's <laughs> it's just yeah. There was little things like that. Where did did you find that as well? Like I, I that that was something I, I didn't yeah. I haven't heard that commented. It was just something watching the game I wrote down. Yeah. Yeah, especially in the third and fourth quarter, you start to really notice um, how inexperienced they were being able to set up in that mid-defensive um, mould. Yeah. When all the senior players play were, were on the field, you had Smith, uh, Burgoyne, Gunston, Bruce, Shield, um, Amira, Mitchell and the like. They, that was the one thing that they were doing really well against these teams that like taking on the corridor. They were able to set up structurally to make them go around the boundary, but then would end up conceding scores anyway because their defence wouldn't hold up. Uh, so, yeah, big disconcerting. And, and it is again, a bit of a way on the flip side to sit there and go um, so much better at the contests and, and yeah. hard balls, uh, that type of stuff. So I, I guess Clarko is going to be happy with robbing Peter to pay Paul from week to week just depending on where he thinks some of these younger players need that experience. And if it means crawling before you walk type scenario, it is what he's in. Hawthorne obviously are well and truly out of the uh, finals race now. We've, what have we got, four or five games just start, yeah, getting the these young kids, uh, even the senior players that have been there for three or four years now, just playing a style of football that he thinks will work for next year. 
Um, and that all starts with yeah, getting your head over the ball and taking the game on. I was really impressed with uh, Henry Han. I thought he, yeah. he was a great inclusion um, with a zip and good to see uh, Impey uh, continuing his, his rebuild into, into the senior football as well. Yeah. Good game. Let's get into Port, though. So, I mean, look, obviously there was that great play with Butters. I mean, so well, let's just get to it because it's a lot of fun to discuss. So... <laughs> I can watch that over and over again. Well, I, I have. I've watched it probably eight or nine times. That that and the Luka Doncic um, three-pointer, they've been the two sport plays that I've watched constantly. It's, yeah, it's ridiculous. But then, um, so, yeah, so the tap up high, so it drops low, has it, like, right sitting there at, at the, almost at his waist. Um, yeah. And then, bang, butters, a 1,000 miles an hour, faster than butter can melt. Just bang, bang, bang. Just much faster than yeah. butter melts because butter does take a little while to melt. But bang, 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 gone. See you later. Biscuit through and wow, amazing, ridiculous goal. And yeah, as you described at the start. But so, I mean, it's funny like with Port. So obviously they got it done, but Dixon had a bit of a frustrating day, as you said as well. But I mean, gee, you always like, I always, like, he's so understated how good he is. And I just want to talk about it. But like, I know we speak about him all the time, but like Robbie Gray, like, so there was that play that like Dixon completely screwed up. He went way too far forward. It didn't work. What he was going to do wasn't going to work. And he was really angry that he, that the ball didn't get delivered closer to him. It, it just did. It just was too far. It wasn't going to work. He was so far out. It was going to be another play. Ball leans forward. Gray goes out on the wing. And it was just. He, he that goal. It, I mean, he is so good. It, I mean, he, he is getting to the point where he it, is he the best Port Adelaide player ever. I mean, it is really getting. Someone said that to me the other day. Is Robbie Gray's the best Port Adelaide player ever? And I was like, gee, he's not far off, is he? I know he doesn't obviously have the flag that they got in 04. I know, I know, I know. But I got a lot of all Australians. He's got like four or five off the top of my head. He's he, he's a very very good player. I agree. He doesn't have the flag. He, he is. It, it, it's yeah. That, 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 Someone said that to me the other day. That's actually a little bit. The, Port Adelaide have had some very good players though through their, they do. their tenure. Um, look, he he would easily be top ten. Oh, top no, five. Oh, uh, oh, I could I could pick five ahead of him right at the moment. Who were the five? Uh, so Treadray, I'd have ahead of him. Yeah. I have Wanganin ahead of him. I have both Corns ahead of him. I have both Burkins both Corns ahead of him. Who and who? Yeah. And I'd have uh, I'd have at least Sean and maybe Peter Burgle in front of them. Okay. Uh, Byron Pickett. Yeah, Byron Pickett. Yeah. yeah but he's when you, when you, you have a look at some, some of those. Kane uh, Corns he, he, he can get up by the t- by the time by the time his career's finished, especially if he gets a flag, I think he probably goes into that. If he gets to three hundred games too, that's the other thing. Like. He plays a really long career. He's he's in the conversation. Just not 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 top. Not for me. Not top five for me. Just okay. yet. He's close though. Um, oh yeah, he will go down as he'll, he'll go down as one of their best players ever. Absolutely, no no doubt about that. The other one I want to discuss is I I just love watching him play, and I, I know he's like almost there, and he has a lot of almost games, but it feels more fun than. A Hipwood or I don't know who's another really maybe McKay at Carlton like a Georgiades so young forward right like there's something yeah. so exciting about this kid it's I don't know what it is it's some there's something crazy about him he's gonna turn 
so many games on their heads. He's so close. It just feels like this is it. It's not like one of these other ones where it's like, maybe this kid's going to be good. This kid, wow, it's going to happen. He, again, another almost day. Kick one goal three, but oof, like he, he's so close to being this ridiculous forward. So much fun yeah, to watch. So, so you do who he reminds me of, um, but a, a more flashy version is someone like Jack Gunson. And, and yeah. I think he'll have that versatility to switch and be a big swing man. I reckon he could run off the halfback easily. He, he could, because he's lightning fast, he could sit on the wing. He, he's got beautiful. Uh, foot skills. Uh, obviously, you spend 70, 80% of his time up forward because that's where you want him. And he's going to be um, a good replacement for when Gray obviously retires. He's going to have that type of um, explosiveness and, and uh, elusiveness and that type. But yeah, I agree. I, I thought he was fantastic and he could have easily um, got gone to work on, on the Hawks had he kicked straight. Mm. We better keep moving. Um... Then up at the uh, TIO Stadium, strange old game. We spoke a little bit about this before we started recording, but Essen and Richmond, 61-73. to 73. Interesting game. Richmond by two goals in the end. Uh, all the staging stuff obviously happened in this game and all the tribunal bits and pieces, which we can get to at the end. But like, what, what, what did you think of this? So start with the Richmond perspective. What, 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 uh, how did you find this game? Uh, look, for me, I was never uh, at... Um, any concern that Richmond were ever going to lose this game? No, it didn't uh, feel like it. No, they just they, they just had patches where I don't know whether it was because they were really going hard and conditions are pretty challenging, or they just always looked like they were in control and just kept Essendon um, arm's length. And obviously, Dimmer, very smart man, knowing that they're going to play finals and got to get there in, in good um, nick. He probably, I'm not saying he's t- taking the foot off the pedal, but he would have told the players, it's like, you guys, if you go 90%, you're going to recover better for next week than going 100% now and being cooked for the final week. And I think that's why it allowed Essendon to be as close as they did. Don't get me wrong, I, I thought Essendon played very good football as well. Um, I thought they... So it took a little while to, to settle into the conditions as well, but um, they had some passages there. But Richmond, yeah, just, again, I sound like a broker record, just the most professional team in the comp at the moment. They just go about business, no fuss, uh, and get the job done. Very, I'm still concerned that Lynch is going to blow a gasket and kill someone or do something really, really stupid. If he does something minor again in the coming weeks, the AFL will will just give him a week just to say, mate, stop, pull your head in, stop being an idiot on the field. Yeah. Uh, um, but, other, but other than that, um, yeah, Dusty, obviously, great game. Um, Shybolt continues to be almost a barometer for, for Richmond at the moment. If he's playing lights-out football, uh, he starts to um, pick up the... He's picked up a lot of slack um, this year in the absence of Prestia, Edwards um, and the like. So I really liked it. He well, well-deserving of um, player of the night. Uh, I like Jack. I like he got involved enough to, to make a presence. Um, he's just he's up and about. He's jumping in. He's running in. He's full of life and all that type of stuff. Right. Uh, oh, it started, obviously, Tipper, Mozzie, good goals early. But, yeah, I mean, early on it was 24, 24 to 25. Uh, sorry, 24-25. No two in front of that. 24-25 inside 50s. 
And then at one point it was 51 inside 50s to 17. That's it. It was, yeah, so it was the most wasteful I've seen Richmond in a long time, but obviously the conditions weren't great. But great, in, we should have mentioned this off the top, great to see um, uh, Tipper and Mozzie score in Indigenous Round 2, which was great to see. Um, the jumpers, I think, look fantastic as well. So uh, that was another Yeah, thing well, I was going to say something in my back of my mind going, no, you asked me to talk about Richmond, so I'll just talk about Richmond until we get... No, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. That's it, yeah. But no, 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 no I'm not, not saying you missed it, there. but yeah, no, no, it was no. very... Very impressive. But so many wasted chances. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, look, we'll talk about Richmond. I guess, obviously, the staging thing. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Lynch, we'll, we'll do Lynch and his violence first. I mean, Lynch needs to calm down uh, massively. Um, I think some of the things he did were pretty cooked recently. The push in the head I didn't like on the Brisbane player. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Apologies. Yeah. But, yeah, poor. Um, yeah, just calm down. Calm down, old mate. Um, what's going on and then um, the staging thing the Grimes thing was crazy like it was you know something out of an 80s a terrible like knockoff commando action film like it was it was so bad it wasn't funny the Vlosten thing was terrible but at the same time like I don't know the hand kind of went up but the, the, the Lynch one where it was talking to the tribunal which was obviously like a piss take of the tribunal but like it, it wasn't a chart like that's not that's not a strike based upon anyway. So that obviously was very poor. Win. That's not the kind of podcast we are, and everyone's discussed that to the nth degree. But no. I don't know. Like I, I don't know. I think Richmond were good. Terrible conditions. Obviously, kept running back to the fridge. Get a bit cold. I don't know. Like it was a bit of a dud game, really, from them. But they got it done. You have to win ugly sometimes. They're still such a hard team to read, Richmond. But Essendon. I don't know. Like Draper. He's getting better. I quite like Draper. He's good to watch. Um, you know, Ridley, I was really impressed with as well, but yeah, he's, he's come along really good. Yeah. He's probably the most, uh, oh, I guess I'd say most cases, he's probably, uh, the most improved player at Eston this year, definitely. Um, and again, yeah, I like what Draper brought to the, to the table and he's still learning the craft, obviously, he's only going to get better, so. But then when you look at, you look at Essendon, I can understand why the fans, at the moment, are ready to set fire to Windy Hill because, you know, this team, be patient, be patient. You know, it's it's another rebuild year. It's another year they won't make finals. It's just another year. Like, it's getting towards 20 years. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, this is a supporter base that demands some success and they're one of the big clubs yep. and it, it, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's been going for a long, long time. It's getting towards that microwave membership Richmond point where it's just like this is getting a joke. So yeah, I I, I completely feel for them. Um, I've been critical this year of um, the way the whole Westfold thing's been with um, Truck Rutten. I think Truck should have been. And this is not on him. I don't know what's going on internally, but it, I think he needs to be out there more. Um, I I don't. I, I really liked what Ross Lyon was saying that he was he he made a comment where he said you're molded from the heat. And by that, he was meaning that you become a better coach as well around the media and around all that stuff from the heat of the media. You can't not experience it at all and then all of a sudden come in in season 2021 and be experienced. Like, I saw he, he was the one that was doing the announcing with Mozzie and, you know, and telling him he's going to play. And that was good to see. That. So it seems like internally now they're doing more stuff. So that was impressive. But, I don't know, I, I just think, like, you know, Wush is such a, like, 
don't know. It just doesn't. It just doesn't work for me. I, I, I don't know. I just think it's 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 awkward. The succession plan. It feels not as like you know Hamlet as you know Buckley and Malthouse, but it it feels awkward and strange. It's more Midsummer Murders if you want to use another uh, Shakespeare reference. But strange or uncomfortable and awkward. Um, <laughs> It's been a while since you've read Shakespeare. You look at me as though I'm, I'm crazy. I thought that was a good reference, just quietly. It's more well, that's the, yeah, that's just the incest that. weird one. Made, made my brain tick really quickly um, to a bygone era. I was like, oh, geez, I haven't read either of them for uh, 30 years, 20 years, something, whatever it is. I was like, I some of those. Oh, yeah, got it. That's yeah. right. <laughs> No, no, it was it was but a very it, obscure joke. But no, no, I, I, yeah. So either way, I'm obviously being stupid. But either way, I think the Essendon thing is is strange, and I worry about where this succession is at. And I think oh, I could. It's confusing for the players too. I reckon. Yeah, hundred percent. And I could see a situation like okay, bookmark this. I could see a situation where next, not you, but the listener, I could see a situation where next year. You and I are discussing mid-year that Truck looks out in the cold because he's not had that experience yet. He's not been in the heat. He's not been out there firing the gun. He's been in there in, in the in the trenches doing the paperwork and other bits and pieces, and then all of a sudden he's out there on the front line and he's like, oh, where do I fire the gun? Where Where's the reload? Like, I, I could absolutely see that happening. So that And that's... And that's yeah, very concerning. Wheels, yeah, kid doesn't learn to ride a push up, uh, a push bike one with the training wheels kept on for a long period of time. Mm. They become fearful. You got to yeah. take them off, let them have a fall, push them down do the hill. Yeah, blood on the face. Just they've got to deal with it. You know, just and they. Uh, I mean, obviously we've got, we've got the um, preview uh, coming up, but just quickly, uh, this week provides that perfect opportunity to come out against Hawthorne. We'll let him take the reins against another yeah. team that's not going to be playing finals. Let's them see how it goes. They don't seem to want to, though. They want Wisher to be the coach for the rest of the year, and I can't understand why. <sighs> he's leaving. What makes no sense is he's leaving oh, anyway. But he's leaving anyway, and they don't... Like, it's going to come to the point soon where they're going to be discussing trades, um, other bits and pieces that they can't... Like Danaher, all this, all these conversations. They, that, yeah. he, he shouldn't be in these conversations because he's leaving. No, that's it. He's probably... Like, he'll probably go to Freo. Or one give truck five weeks now to see out the season, see see yeah. the type of players and the list he's going to be working with, where he needs yeah. to. Anyway. As I said, what does he need to offload? Or who does he need to, to try and convince to come to to Tullamarine or well, Jura or wherever they're going to be based next year? Who knows? Um, Alice Springs could be Alice. Yeah, exactly right. It could be, we could all be north of the border for teams for for twenty twenty. Probably. Um, but yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I think, and, and Wushu should, Wushu's been around long enough to know that it's in the vested interest of all parties for him to now, now that Essendon's clearly, it's got a major miracle for them to play finals. But even then, just for the rest of the home away season, let go, give it to Truck. If you make finals for them, someone for told reason, then come back and, and take over there. But I know, I'm the same. I just can't see how it helps this current team move forward into next year if Wusher continues to I agree. take take control of stuff that he doesn't need to get control anymore. Just sit at the back, be like a general manager, just help him. That's all he needs to do now. So the next two games I reckon we can almost like do very small portions on but because there's not really much consequence. But Fremantle-Sydney... 
two teams that probably won't make the eight. Fremantle need to win virtually every game from here. Um, Fremantle really taking care of Sydney. Slow start. Fremantle, you know, getting it done in the end. The kids look great. All the same comments we've already said. Um, 31 points to Fremantle. Sydney, very poor, 19 points. But that's about where they're at, really. They're one of the worst sides in the league. Um, yeah. They're down the bottom of the ladder. What do you reckon? I, I have no takeaways out of this game. No, no. Look, same. I mean, Saron continues to push his case for yeah. um, Nab Rising Star. He was brilliant. Uh, lots of football, but they're 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 looking really good for for the next two three years and building um, Fremantle if they can get if they can get Hogan back on the field and learning to kick goals. I mean, the only other thing about Fremantle is two players um, tore their own contracts up basically and said, "See you later." Uh, they weren't getting a game anyways, but um, yeah, not other than that, the they are still um, getting as much out of that oily rag as possible. But it's, it's almost dry, that rag. I reckon but, it's dry. Yeah. So, yeah, not a, lot, not a lot to take out of it. It was. I would have been surprised if the result was any different. And to our credit, we've uh, not, I don't want to pump us up, but we've spoken about Freo heavily all year. So it's not like we've not given them time, and Sydney too. And but Sydney, I, yeah. I think this uh, pleasant, is, like, yeah. surprised with how competitive and, and the amount of wins that Sydney have had this year, but ultimately. Bottom four side, and that's what they are. Yeah. Um, Crows, um, Cats, yeah. I mean, not much to take out of this game. Um, I thought Harrigan did really well on Hawkins. Uh, I thought O'Brien, once again, was was really good for the Crows. But, yeah, yeah I mean, not nothing to take away. A lot of these players have checked out for, for the Crows. They're pretty ready to, to join um, various teams. Um, or retire or go to the beat, do anything other than play football for Adelaide. Yeah, I think I think you know Brad Crouch has got one foot out of the door. Um, yeah. Tex is obviously you know concerned about whether he's going to be playing again and getting a contract anywhere. Um, so yeah, there's probably not a lot to take out of this game for me. Um, yeah, I, I mean, don't know. Dirty whether, win. I don't know whether I don't know whether for that first quarter a bit they showed more heart or whether John just were like eh, let's just give him a go. Yeah, it's been a problem. If you didn't see this game, like it did get close-ish at the start, but I think it was a lot of like, it's a long season, shorter break. It was long season, short season, longer break, a uh, shorter break. Um, and yeah, I don't I don't know whether I, I take a lot out of this with it getting close-ish, close-ish with Geelong. Um, Geelong, Geelong like Richmond. They just, they'll be back, yeah. They're just doing what they have to do to get through these, these time and away season in, in, in good health and fitness, um, get their systems right. Uh, not not disrespecting Adelaide by any stretch of imagination, but they did they, they could play at seventy or eighty percent of capacity and get over the top of Adelaide. That's how deficient and non interested a lot of the players seem to be at Adelaide at the moment. Great positioning, I thought, from Stanley. I thought Stanley was was um, better. I think our man. I think he's starting to really cement himself. Obviously, Hawkins had a bit of a rough day, but still kicked three three. Um, Duncan impressive, but yeah, I thought Stanley was excellent. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, they're building nice, building nicely for a tilt uh, at uh, the somewhat elusive flag for the last decade. Yeah. Well, not since eleven, so it's been a while. But um, Stephen was good. Um, Guthrie was good. Um, so no, um, no uh, Selwood. But um, yeah, interesting game. But probably not a lot to take out of it. Geelong, as we've spoken about. Exactly the same comments we'd be saying again and again, and yep. pros would be definitely the same. Um, Saints uh, or uh, sorry, Lions Saints. 
Low scoring, but still interesting. Um, so 50 to 48. I guess the, the yeah. biggest question out of this. So you go. Sorry, you go. I was just saying, it was, it was entertaining enough as well. Yeah. Even though it was low scoring. God, it I was, was hoping for a much bigger scoring, high scoring game, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but I, the biggest thing to take away, so we'll get to the giant, uh, Giants, the Saints. Um, Saints have been, I think, valiant, you know, good side. Um, I thought the defenders really lost focus late, and that's a big concern. Um, but the, the takeaway for me out of this, it's, I, 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 I tip Brisbane. I thought Brisbane would win by about 10 to 15 points. The biggest takeaway, though, is, I mean, so McLuggage, five goals and 15 behinds. The whole side is sitting at about 40%. Accuracy. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I know we've discussed it, everybody's discussed it, but Hipwood, like, couldn't hit the side of a barn at times, leaned in, leaned back, leaned back, like he's sitting in the chair that I'm sitting in, kicking a goal. It was absolutely ridiculous. Um, will this cost them a final is the, one of the biggest questions in football because I think they've got, well, they're obviously going to get a home final, you'd think, because, you know, Football's being played up there at this stage in Queensland, but I mean, this yeah. they are so inaccurate and so frustrating in front of goal. They do almost everything else right. Yeah, I know. To me, the two, oh, one takeaway, but one for each. Uh, so we actually saw the two things that concern me about either of these teams being able to win a, win a final. Uh, St Kilda coming up against a college team and finding a way to win. They just they had opportunities right at the end there to, to get this uh, win and they were unable to do it and what you've just pointed out, Brisbane, and the inability to really kick a score that puts them in a beautiful position just to control the game. Um, and when they come up against Port Adelaide, Geelong, Richmond, West Coast, these teams that have got plenty of finals experience and really well-structured uh, defensive systems in place, they will they will hurt um, a Brisbane team that doesn't take advantage of their opportunities when they go into the fifty, like we saw on the weekend. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I mean, it's it, bad kicking's bad football. It's the oldest phrase, but it's true. And seeing football like that, it, it really does worry me heading into finals. They've got this incredible situation where it's likely that. We're probably going to play the grand final up there. And, yeah, uh, it's such a unique situation. And yet, I really worry this is going to fall away. But, yeah, defenders losing focus um, from the Saints, just to pivot to them as well. Um, I don't know. Like, I, Did you feel like the Saints were a chance to win this game or were you convinced that, that the Lions would win this? No, the last quarter, I was... Um, they had lots of momentum going into, into especially the final stages. I, I actually... Thought that the Saints were yeah. a sneaky chance. I agree. They're putting some pressure. Pressure. There's so much forward pressure. I was like, oh, it was frustrating to to see them not just someone just go give it to me and just take the game on and 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 put them and put the pressure back on on Brisbane. Brisbane were very lucky to get out. But um, yeah, it was a topsy turvy bit of the type of a game as well. I, I guess I wasn't really convinced on either side um, halfway through the game. At the start of the game, I thought, no, nah, Brisbane, they'll, they'll find their mojo at some point, even though I suspected that the Saints would come at them. And the end scoreline, the difference is probably 
reflective of where both teams are at are pretty evenly matched. But no, I definitely wasn't convinced that uh, Brisbane <laughs> were going to uh, win this game, especially yeah, with five or six minutes to go in the last. Jared Berry was really impressive as well. And, and yeah, I mean, Zorko, you run through it. Like, again, Hipwood, multiple out in the fulls, three points, no majors at all. Um, yeah, so that that's obviously a big concern. We've gone into that before, but, yeah, the Saints, I mean, another element of the Saints we haven't discussed, I don't think enough probably, is how good Steele is. Like, he's, he, he'll – do you think Steele can make All-Australian? I think he probably can. Oh, he's almost a lot. You, he's you have to say. With Neil in the middle, yeah. surely. Yeah, very impressive. They've, um, they've been the most consistent midfielders all year. I can't remember – I can probably think of one quiet game from Steele yeah. this year. That's the, about it. But the Saints are still sixth. So had they won this, they would have been they would have been sitting above Richmond. So they would have been just under the West Coast Eagles. So wow, yeah, um, yeah close. So they they would have been close to fourth position. But yeah, interesting game. Low scoring, frustrating. A lot of the same frustrations from both sides. But um, yeah, interesting game. Um, Eagles Giants sixty one to forty nine. Um, flattering, flattering scoreline for the Giants. Very really flattering. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I think the Eagles really put the cue in the rack because the Giants held up the the white flag. So what else do you do? Yeah. Um, yeah. Not not much to take out of this game, to be honest. It's all the same problems with the Giants, which we'll get into. But Nick Nat, I think he's probably in the best form of his career. Almost um, McGovern. He's building. Had, he's building. He's gonna. Yeah. Some finals. He's gonna. He's gonna. Rip. Rips the new ones to for teams. He will. He's so good. Um, McGovern had one of the best games I think I've seen a player play all this year. Um, his ability to read the players we've discussed repeatedly is incredible. Uh, we went through that last week, but yeah. Oh look, I, Rotham as well. Uh, what a defender! They've really found another one there. Uh, it's amazing in the Eagles. They're able to find so many of these players, but he looks fantastic. He looks like he's going to be a ten-year player with that team. Um, yeah. Look, yep. I mean, the Eagles got it done. They did what they had to do. Um, they're going to keep winning games. They'll win a stack of games. They're not playing for percentage. It's not that sort of season. They just want to keep winning games. And, yeah, look, it's good. I mean, they, they did what they had to do. Nothing really specific with them. But the Giants, I mean, yeah. really disgraceful. Yeah, yeah. So I just to reiterate, yeah, we're, we're starting to see, like, again, a team like the Eagles. Yeah. Not following the same path, Richmond, Geelong, Port. They're seasons. They, this, they know at what level to play at, at this time of season to get the win um, without having to uh, put the foot to the floor or anything like that. And if they need to, if the team starts getting a little bit close, they've got gears to, to move through. They're not they're not exhausted. They're not having to think, oh, what, what do we have to do next? They're just so well drilled. So yeah. Yeah, moving to the uh, second most disappointing team of the year. Yeah, terrible. Um, horrible to watch. Um, it's hard not to focus on Jeremy Cameron, but... There are other elements of it. I mean, there's so much disconnection in their game plan. The Whitfield, you know, model doesn't work at all anymore. That connection doesn't work. It's hard. We have to discuss Jeremy Cameron. Like, how do we not talk about it? I mean, I, I, we messaged during the game. He, he is terrible. Like, he is so far out of form, it's not funny. Is, uh, he, is, he, is, he, is he thinking, I'm not staying here, and that's why he's I think so. Well? Maybe. Uh, is Whit- did Whitfield breeze time? I can't remember. Or is he still? Is he one of the other players up there that um, has yet to commit? No, he committed. He committed. He did. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it, for a person of his stature, ability, 
and supposed love of the Giants. He's not showing a lot. How can he go from where he was to where he is now? I mean, it's shocking. Like it's in the Melbourne mould. It's it's incredible what's going on there. Yeah. He's so out of position. He's late to the contest. I mean, it's in... It's like, it's like he's not uh, in the conversation when they're talking about game day strategy. Like I... Yeah. Doesn't know where the forward, uh, where he's meant to kick in it to, or he's not leading for them to kick it where he wants it. He it's it's the most bizarre key, like pure key forward who's played all his life in that position that I've seen ever. Like, I can almost forgive someone like McDonald of Melbourne because he, technically he's a defender missing some of that stuff, or Jonathan Patton who hasn't played enough football to remember what's going on. But Cameron, oh, it's inexcusable. Well, he is, yeah, and that's the thing I can't understand. I heard on 360 tonight them saying, oh, well, you know, he used to be really, like, vicious at the contest and, you know, he's toned that down quite a bit. It's like, tone it down. Like, he barely can get to a contest now, let alone, you know, act physically towards it. Like, but it's just, it's shocking. Like, and I do wonder whether it's a contract thing, whether he's so stressed about where he's going and it's really affected his game. I don't know, but they look a shadow uh, of a team uh, to what they were. I think there's no doubt for me they're going to miss finals. I can't see them making finals out. They keep playing like this. They're going to drop off further and further and further. I know they played against the Eagles, very good side over there, but they, they were shown up. As you said, the scoreboard's very flattering. So Yeah, yeah game of percentage like makes it very hard for them to, to get back in there because especially the way Carlton are playing and the Doggies are playing. Um, yeah. Yeah, we've got a leap from those two plus Melbourne. You play uh, like just that. To get, just to get in the A. You so. play like that, you don't deserve to get in there. So I don't, yeah, I, I can't see it working for me. All the same deficiencies that we've highlighted from the Giants all year, um, more of it again. But I, I just wanted to go into Cameron. I'm just, I, it's shocking how bad it's become. Uh, but yeah, yeah Eagles man. keep marching on. Eight wins in a row. Great side. Yeah, like, great, they're they're, they're going to be. Side. They're going to be at the back end of the year. Uh, I could see a, an Eagles Geelong grand final. I reckon right now. So you're not concerned about their moving uh, to Queensland for a hub? You think they've they're over that hub scenario and they'll be they'll be all right up there this time around? Yeah, it's a good question. I think yeah, the first time around, obviously they were very poor, but I think um, I think the whole teams got into gear rather than necessarily they went back to the west. I think that was timed a bit with that. In my opinion, I think they've. They've got it right uh, as a team. Yep. They look so much yeah, better. I, I can't see they're not applying over there. Um, and I think they'll get home finals as well. So that's going to make it. WA? Yeah. I reckon that's going to happen. The AFL's approved it, which if they've approved it, it means it's, it's a chance to happen with the government. It can't not be a chance if the AFL's just said, oh, it's approved and they've done some marketing on it. Surely not. Surely there's been some discussions with the government about that happening. So anyway, oh, that's all. I'm, I'm more concerned about the WA government than I No, no, 100%. Well, the, the AFL said it, but it'd be interesting to see what the government say. But if, if they get them, they'll they'll, yeah. they'll they'll make the grand final, I reckon. Too good of a side. Oh, yeah. Too um, good of a side. Pies North, very slow start. Um, last game I'll of the round. Yeah, I, I, I'll be honest. I, this is the one game I, I barely saw anything uh, from. So Look, I'll let you... Run, run through it all. Oh, I tried to stay away through it. I mean, really not a lot in it. Um, slow start. Pies pushed away, but they took their time. Um, North, are, yeah, North, are, they are what they are on the ladder, really. Um, Adam's so much fun to watch. He was great. 
Cox, I thought, actually contributed. I thought he was better. Um, it was interesting that, you know, went in the way they went in because Majacek's obviously going to come back. Do they keep Koch in, uh, Koch in, Cox in? Uh, interesting. Yeah. But, yeah, he was fine. I know a lot of people criticised him the last day or so, and I'm like, I actually thought he was okay. But, yeah, form was a bit better from the pies. But, you know, they took a long time to get going. So that's very concerning coming into, you know, finals if they are to make it. Um, they were, mm-hmm. yeah, they were poor. But the forward mix I thought was interesting. Um, you know, this is the thing. It's they're, they're not they're not playing Stevenson, which this time of year rings bells. It's like, is he being traded? What's going on? Um, yeah. Degoe is obviously still injured. Um, you know, it is what it is. It sounds like he's committed to the club um, privately, but it's incredible that guy has no manager. It's the loosest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it's about as Gertrude Street as it comes, but he, he he's still not um, got a manager, which is so wild. But, like, yeah, so uh, who knows? I mean, um, yeah, I don't know. More, uh, Darcy Moore, I thought I had a good game, um, but he, he also said that, you know, he's looking to commit as well. So uh, how can they all commit with the shorter caps? So it's going to be very interesting. But North are so far off. I mean, they're, they're not in the same ballpark. And Collingwood just took their time. A few errors early on from the key midfield group. And it's probably the last side-bottom game we're going to see for some time with him going back to Melbourne um, for uh, the birth of his first child, which obviously I can completely understand. All the people that criticised him are, are crazy. I think that's um, pretty cooked. Um, the people that abused him for going home, I think that's um, pretty sick. Yeah, uh, sorry. Just stop. Go, can, all these keyboard, can all these keyboard warriors just get off every AFL yeah. player that Losers. is something? Yeah, like, we didn't get to the Grimes thing, which was obviously terrible. So. Yeah, just, you know what? They're humans and they make mistakes and they've got the right to choose. And good on still side bottom for not feeling the pressure of uh, having to play football ahead of his family. I, I commend him. Pat off. I'd do the same. Yeah, well, aside from anything, like he's likely to come back into finals anyway because she's due early to mid-September. Um, so um, before everyone, like not to, not that it, you know, but the reality is if she's due, and I know this, you know, obviously we're in this situation at home now, but if she's due in early to mid-September, they won't let her go that late anyway. So it's likely that the baby's going to be born and maybe he, he would come back mid-October, one or two finals in any way. So regard, not, you know, obviously excusing any of it at all, but I'm just as a side note, like for, yeah. for these, you know, losers that obviously don't understand how this works, um, that that's another side of it that he's, it, it's actually not season over, but anyway, if no. they are to keep going, but regardless of any of that, it shouldn't matter about any of that. Don't be a fuckhead. Um, so yeah. <laughs> don't, be don't be a fucking loser. Um, so, but yeah, Collingwood, yeah, they, they did what they had to do. Very slow start. You know, North, I think they kept the game at the start. It's funny. Like it was an inch. They kind of kept, you know, very kind of ping pong ball style, kept it in the middle, kept it to the boundary, tightened it up, tried to tighten the play. I, I saw a little bit of tactics from them, but at the same time, it was still, um, yeah, they're a long way off. They need an off-season to really regroup and allow the, the coaching group to go, no, 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 let's just pull it back. Um, I know one minute we're doing this and one minute we're doing that. Just scrap it, reset, let's do A, B, and C. So, yeah, they'll, they'll come back okay. But, yeah, Pies, good. Yeah, I think um, Maynard, impressive as well again. Uh, Pendles took a little bit of time to get into the game, but eventually um, got there. Obviously, such a good player. Main, great courage as well with that that hit um, going up towards his ear. So, yeah, look, good game. Uh, it was fine. But, yeah, look, at not the, start, the first half was very slow. So, 
not really much taken yeah. out of this really because Pies are on the fringe of the eight and North are obviously and then, right and, the and again, like They needed to win and they got the win. Yeah, I'm exactly. Like, uh, and on other sides. 100%. Uh, hopstone.com.au. Yeah. Use the promo code AFL Deep Dive uh, at checkout to get $25 off your first pack. Uh, Beyond the Game TV, please check that out. Uh, old mate Ed, uh, hammering out lots of uh, sport content with no sport going on, so he's uh, doing a very good job. Getting uh, yeah, very creative, old mate Ed is. He is. He's done some. No, he has honestly done some really good stuff on YouTube. So please check it out. Um, yeah, we will be back for the preview and all sorts of other bits and pieces as we get through the year reviews, and we'll review the whole season, all the teams as we get to the back end. So take care. Goodbye. Take care, guys. See ya. See you later.